Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm what you might call very good at hide-and-seek. And since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my super-secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my favorite... Ha! Found you. How? You left to find my tablet on. Get wall-to-wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Ditch the clowns on the left. And the jokers on the right. And join Michael Smirconish right here in the middle. This is the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. I know. I hear you. I see you. I get it. Lots of new ears tuning into POTUS at this particular moment, wanting to hear Michael address a certain subject, right? But I'm telling you right up front, I've, I've really got nothing new to say. The car's in the shop, the insurance carriers are handling the details, and I hope to be driving it again in three weeks, TC. Why is that so funny to you? Now, what else is in the news? Uh, Today at Smirkondish.com, you will find coverage of Chris Cuomo's suspension. The website and corresponding newsletter are, of course, reporting on this, as we've been doing consistently. You also know that for the last several months, dating to, I guess, early summer, I've had the privilege of guest hosting for Chris. In fact, Most recently, Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Is that last Wednesday? Gosh, I guess it was. Uh, And in another two weeks, I'm scheduled, although who knows, these things now are in a state of flux. But in another two weeks, I'm scheduled to, again, guest host primetime for Chris. I was offered the whole week of Christmas to New Year's and said, look, you know, I got to spend some family time. I, I can only do two nights. So that's what's on the calendar. But Chris is a friend. Chris is also, of course, a colleague. Chris follows me here on the POTUS channel. So for all these reasons, I've been paying particular attention to what's been in the news. Important to my assessment is that it was not his conduct that began the whole story. It was the conduct of his brother. And as events developed, I think he was in a no-win position, having to make choices pitting, you know, family loyalty versus, in some cases, professional interests. The word unenviable, unenviable, unenviable doesn't begin to describe some of the choices that I think he's been forced to make recently. I cannot imagine standing idly by if a member of my family needed my counsel, if my brother needed my counsel. And if one of my I'll say this as well, if one of my sons didn't advise a brother in need as a father, I'd be disappointed. In Chris's case, on the level of that activism, uh, I am personally doing something that I don't know too many in the media have done, which is I am in the process of wading through his six hours of sworn testimony, a process that I began last night. I want to 
I want to understand on a granular level what went on here. And if I have thoughts after finishing that assignment, I will share them with you. What I will not do is just suit up in partisan armor and be a lemming and fall into line with regard to analysis of this case. I want to read in, and it's complicated, a lot of exhibits, a lot of stuff to go through for those who truly want to appreciate and understand what it's all about. And when I'm finished with that process, he will still be my friend. So that's where I'm coming from, okay? And yes, the car is doing better. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, yesterday, I had a, a big I told you so to begin the program. And today, an even bigger one. So yesterday's I told you so was in the context of Congresswoman Lauren Boebert. Boebert? Boebert. Uh, you know this whole story. She, she said some incendiary things, some despicable things about Ilhan Omar. What about what Omar said? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. They, they, they all are deserving of, of condemnation on their particular day. But yesterday was Boebert's day. And I used the feud between the two of them to illustrate the point that I make time and time again here on POTUS, which is one of you no longer need to get elected, be a backbencher, bide your time, get choice committee assignments, become a committee chair and pass something to be a success, to be a star in Washington and have a building named after you. You know, the Rayburn building, the Hart building. That's not the way that it works anymore. Today, it is get in the news, be talked about by cable outlets, let the provocateurs have your name on the tip of their lips, and then you're a fundraising magnet. And that's exactly what Boebert has done in the same way that I talked about Gosar from Arizona and the anime about AOC and, you know, then fundraising off of it. It's all about it's all about acting like a talk show host. That's the way you stay in Washington today. And no one seems to care whether you've achieved anything legislatively. Okay, okay, yes, Michael, we heard that yesterday. Yes, Michael, we know your Reagan library speech. Enough already. We've heard it from you. Who said that, by the way? Who among you is thinking that right now? Go watch the speech on my YouTube channel. All right, that's all yesterday's I told you so. Here's today's I told you so. Is there not a line... In the Reagan Library speech, for those thousands of you who've watched it, thank you very much, where I say, today, power doesn't rest with the head of the Republican National Committee or the Democratic National Committee. And in fact, who among us can even name the head of the RNC or DNC today? Power doesn't rest with the party apparatus, is my point. What do I say? I say party, support party passion emanates from the provocateurs, from the talk hosts, because they, what do I say in the speech? I I could pull up the exact lines, but I, I have it pretty well committed to memory. I say they hold outsized sway over primary voters. And therefore, if you can please the provocateurs, you can win a primary. And because so much of the country has been gerrymandered or because of self sorting, Winning the primary is tantamount to getting elected in many parts of the country. The power rests in the primetime lineup. Is that not what I say on a regular basis? So here's Exhibit A from today's news. Dr. Oz really is running for the U.S. Senate. 
and how naive I am. I said to TC, not only yesterday, but I said it within the last couple of weeks. I said, TC, make sure you're you're making the outreach to Dr. Oz and and play the card that I am Pennsylvania, frankly, unlike him, born and raised all 59 years in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Now I'm going to really sound braggadocious. And you're saying, Michael, you've already been braggadocious, but I'm the guy that was recognized recently by a statewide Pennsylvania publication as being one of the most powerful politically in the in the state. Philadelphia Magazine last month said one of the 100 most powerful in this like political. Oh, thank you, TC. 76. It was alphabetized, I think. Okay, the list was only 76. Oh, it was very exclusive. Mm. So the, the point is that we talk politics here. And people in Pennsylvania in particular pay attention to this program. How naive I was, despite everything I've told you so far, to think that TC would be able to go to Dr. Oz and say, well, Dr. Oz, when you launch, wouldn't you want to come on with Michael, who's based in Pennsylvania, who has a nationwide audience, who also has a CNN, yada, how naive I was. Of course, last night, he went to the grand poobah of the Republican Party, Sean Hannity. And so having first presented his credentials, and I must say, I'm really interested in this on a variety of levels, not the least of which is I've been telling the POTUS audience that Pennsylvania uh, will draw your attention next year. Our gubernatorial mansion is open and Pat Toomey's Senate seat is being vacated and control of the United States Senate may hang in the balance with the outcome of the Pennsylvania Senate seat. We've got some very colorful characters on both sides of the aisle who are competing already. Sean Parnell. I mean, talk about writing a novel about this election. He's he's out because of allegations of domestic abuse. So he's gone. He was the Trump endorsed candidate. And now here comes Dr. Oz. And I've been wondering, so where is he coming from, politically speaking? Like, I, I know a great deal about the guy uh, and a very impressive resume. Uh, captures Oprah's eye, becomes a, a television superstar, yada, yada, yada. But politically, where's he coming from? So first of all, the campaign was announced in the Washington Examiner. So there's that. You know, a statement was issued yesterday by Dr. Mehmet Oz, which begins, we are angry at our government and at each other. And 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 as I read this short essay from Dr. Oz, frankly, I learned more about the fact that he published it at the Washington Examiner, which is a very conservative publication, than I do that which he explains himself in this piece. He doesn't really tell me, you know, uh, where he's coming from. There are a lot of platitudes here and patriotism, nothing wrong with that. But then on the, uh, on the heels of that to go on with Hannity, in what seemed to me like a very scripted, I'm not alleging that they had it all written out and so forth, but but everybody was playing nice. I guess what I'm really saying is Hannity was playing nice last night. And if you watched or if you'll hear some of the audio that I'm about to unfold, you know, what you want to know is, is the guy Trumpian in his view? And you come away, I mean, the fact that Hannity welcomed him, I think, he would not be welcoming him if he were antagonistic to Trump, and he definitely isn't. Uh, I took note of the fact that, that well, you'll hear this, but Hannity says, you know, that he notices similarities and he makes reference to Trump, but then he really backs off and doesn't go there. 
And what you won't hear in any of this is a, a flat out question of what would I most want to ask Dr. Oz? And I guess this is part of the answer as to why he's not coming here today. Um, was the election stolen? Was the 2020 election st- simple question, Doc, was the 2020 election stolen? But, you know, that that that's a question you don't get, at least in your first go round on Hannity last night. So there was a video that accompanied the announcement. Hannity plays a little of that. Let's listen carefully because, look, he's he's a smart guy. He will no doubt, for reasons I, I will explain to you, uh, his own success and family money, uh, he's going to be extremely well-funded. It's reported in the Philadelphia Inquirer today that he's already hired people to make his commercials who did Trump's commercials. So this is not what I'm doing right now which is spitballing and just off the cuff telling you what I think. I'm suggesting to you that this is a very, these next 60 seconds are very measured and every word choice has meaning. So let's see what we can glean of Dr. Oz's political philosophy by this short recording. My parents came to America to find a better life, and they did. I attended great universities, raised a family, and became a successful surgeon. I invented a heart valve that saves thousands of lives. Then I started a TV show to advocate for you taking control of your health and took on the medical establishment to argue against costly drugs and skyrocketing medical bills. Can you stop it right there? But so, 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 so far I'm I'm hearing bio and I'm not, I'm not, not hearing any, any words that have political meaning in them. He's got an impressive story and background and he's entitled to tell it. Now let's listen. But COVID has shown us that our system is broken. We lost too many lives, too many jobs, and too many opportunities because Washington got it wrong. They took away our freedom without making us safer and tried to kill our spirit and our dignity. As a heart surgeon, I know how precious life is. Precious life is. Pennsylvania needs a conservative Conservative. who will put America first. First, One who can reignite our divine spark. Divine. fight for freedom and tell it like it is. What do you think? That's why I'm running for Senate. They, I'm Dr. Oz. they took away they took away our freedom. Uh, he knows because he's a physician or he's a surgeon in particular how precious life is. Uh, America first. That's straight out of the, the Trump blueprint, is it not? And then a reference to the divine. Am I am I too caught up in in all of this? Not if it's, it's as, he's not spitballing. You said it first. You right. said it to begin with. Well, he's doing exactly what you're doing. In other words, he has analyzed not he, but his people have analyzed every single word of that. Every thing. single word in that announcement has meaning. So now he goes on with with Hannity last night. Couple of clips. Uh, that I want to share for you. Which one should we do first, TC? Do you want to see how it starts? Yeah. He, okay, here, here, here we go. Now, Dr. Ross is vowing to run on a campaign and putting you, the American people, first to be a servant of the people of Pennsylvania, take on the Washington establishment to protect fundamental freedoms, keeping Americans safe and secure. And he says, again, to serve the people of Pennsylvania. Here to talk about his candidacy is Dr. Oz himself. Um, there's a lot of similarities. Before Donald Trump ran for office, I've been friends with him for many years. We had so many conversations, too numerous to count, late into the night. And I got to really know you during COVID, and you were calling, you know, Europe at 3 in the morning. The and similarities, right? That's what I wanted you to hear. Do you hear it? So he's, he's telling the audience there are a lot of similarities between this guy and Donald Trump. 
And then is he saying that he had a lot of conversations with Dr. Oz or a lot of yes. conversations with Donald Trump? Both. Okay. Both. That he, oh. that he was he was counselary to each of oh. them because this is where you come when you announce uh, your candidacy in the Republican Party. You, you don't you know you don't go to the party apparatus. That's that's thirty years in the rearview mirror. Now, here's something else that's interesting from the Philadelphia Inquirer today, because the Philadelphia Inquirer is Jonathan Tamari uh, has extensive coverage of, of Dr. Oz. And it, it says the following a long time. This is interesting. A long time New Jersey resident in Cliffside Park overlooking Manhattan. Oz grew up in Wilmington and earned his medical and business degree at the University of Pennsylvania after graduating from Harvard University. He registered to vote last December in Bryn Athen, Montgomery County. He is living there while renting his in-laws home, according to a campaign aide. So there's a question here of, you know, how deep are the roots to Pennsylvania? Hannity brought this up so that Dr. Oz could offer his explanation. Let me ask you this. The attacks have come in already. And is it an allegations attack you to simply say, do you live here? I'm sure you probably saw that earlier today. I saw it. I grew up just across the border south of Philadelphia. I went to medical school at Penn in Philadelphia. I went to business school at Wharton in Philadelphia. I met and married my wife, which was the best thing I ever did 36 years ago in Philadelphia. And I bore two children, or she bore them for me, in Philadelphia. I became home a year ago. It feels good to be back. I love this state, and I will represent it honorably. A home. Wait a minute. Hold it. Hold it. Hold on. He grew up across the border from Philadelphia. South. Just south of Philadelphia. <laughs> right, okay. Just south of Philadelphia. <laughs> Did he say he conceived his children in Philadelphia? I bore. Bore his children. Okay. Please. Um, I mean, maybe. And but now he's. If he had, he would have mentioned. And it. now he's back home. He's back home. And now, and now he's back home. Uh, one other uh, part of this, which is that that Hannity describes how he speaks of himself. How does Hannity describe himself? Conservative first before Republican. I, I, he doesn't even regard himself as a Republican. Um, but he gives Oz the opportunity to divine to describe himself, define himself. And it sounded like this. I say I'm a conservative. Uh, I used to say I'm a Reagan conservative. I would say I'm an America first, make America great again conservative. How would you describe in just a sentence your political ideology, philosophy? You're all running as in a Republican primary. How would you sum it up? I match yours. I think this country has all the building blocks to be spectacular. Uh, the infighting is, uh, is hurting our ability to do what's possible. I know as a physician that when you come together, you save lives. I think we can do that exact same thing in this nation. There's nothing that should hold us back. If we focus on those three goals I mentioned earlier, focus on safe lives so you feel comfortable, make sure your kids are at least as, as able to survive in the, in the future world as you would have been, and then make sure we've got jobs so people have dignity. What do you think? What do you think of the, the debut performance? Look, I keep telling you, I've been saying this for months this Senate race in my home state is going to be great. And it just got a hell of a lot more interesting yesterday with the entrance of Dr. Mehmet Oz as a Republican making his first appearance on Sean Hannity's program. Do you think this do you think this this dog hunts? Will there be appeal for a candidate like this? You don't have to be a Pennsylvanian to respond. Just give me a reaction as to, to what you make. I mean, look, he's got an enormous social media following, I think four million strong. And if he chooses to spend money on this fight, he'll be able to do so. Uh, 
quote, Oz could not only bring his own personal wealth to the contest, but potentially that of his wife's family, which founded the Asplund Tree Expert Company based in Willow Grove. If you're in my neck of the woods, you see those trucks everywhere. They're international. They have 33,000 employees in the U.S., Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. Despite his lofty degrees, influence, nearly 4 million Twitter followers, and wealth, Oz's campaign website bristles with frustration at quote-unquote elites who he says misled the country during the pandemic, signaling the early tone of his campaign. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds.